that there are so many genres and things and shows within genres that are networks even, you know, like are all totally different and you don't have to watch all of them, <laughs> right? Like that's, you get to pick and choose what you watch. And that's one of the few things in life I think we have true control over is what you want to watch on TV. If you have the chance, you know, like it's your time that you're choosing how to spend it. And I think it's cool that you can see part of yourself in shows. I think it's cool that some shows make you laugh, you know? And I think just even having those own, your own personal feelings about a show is what helps make the connection so much easier. Let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is episode three of A Breath of Fresh Life podcast. I am Garrett Hayden. You guys can go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm Brenna Keith. And I'm Andrew Lyon eating some leftover lasagna at 3 <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. So it's a really beautiful day outside, uh, you know, mid to high 70s. It's been really nice the last couple of days. Um, so for episode three today, we are talking about, uh, TV shows and TV in general and how, uh, shows have, you know, shaped our lives and, uh, just kind of talking about TV shows in general and, you know, how, you know, special they are and how the connection that that brings to so many people, you know, millions of people around the world. So, um, each of us, I think, are going to talk about certain shows that we enjoy. You know, I think the two of us or three of us or any combination of us can talk about, you know, shows that we've watched and talking about that. Um, so as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Breath Podcast. Um, I actually realized that I didn't inform the public that we would be recording. So that's kind of on me. But, you know, I'll throw it out there today. People will listen. So. Uh, that'll be great. We're getting some positive feedback from people, which I really appreciate. Um, some people that have been listening. So hopefully that continues as we continue our, our podcast. So as we jump into episode three and about TV and TV shows, I thought that uh, naturally it would make sense that we delve into um, talking about shows that we remember, memories that we have from you know our earliest memories. I just realized I talked myself for about two minutes, so you guys can talk about anything that you know you're excited about for this or or, or anything really. Um, I mean, I could I could lead us off with you know kind of like my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think the earliest show that I remember ever watching was Sesame Street. Um, just like an absolute classic. Yeah. First couple, you know, life lessons, the count. My dad did like an on on point um, impersonation of the, you know, the count or whatever. And he, that's <laughs> just 
you know, good memories. Yeah. Um, a little bit of Arthur sprinkled in there. I mean, oh, how, how can you not? Absolutely. Um, but, like, I think the biggest thing that, like, really, really influenced me where I'm at today is the fact that after watching, like, the PBS kind of stuff, my parents didn't know about any other TV shows. Sorry, Kate just got home. No, no worries. Um, my parents didn't know about any other TV channels except the Cartoon Network. So I actually grew up mainly watching Cartoon Network shows, which, I mean, when I was growing up in the 90s was like really weird stuff. Like Courage the Cowardly Dog, you know, Johnny Bravo, Dexter, like all of those like very dry, very weird kind of cartoons and cartoons and shows um and i feel like that influenced me a lot into now because the cartoons that i like to watch a lot of the time are like adult cartoons that have this just like absolutely wild nonsensical background and like you know like you watch cartoon network all day you don't go to bed at eight o'clock adult swim comes on so like i also watched completely inappropriate shows for my age like there was a really hefty mix in there um and then just you know like i got older i made friends i got into nickelodeon but even then it was like danny phantom jimmy neutron like Mm. fairly odd other just like really odd but good shows um so I think really, like, when I think about my initial real inspiration in a television, it would be Cartoon Network and just, like, the absolute weird, weird shit that they put out there for kids at that time. <laughs> like, just incredible. And I, I think also just, like, one of the shows I had written down that I wanted to, like, definitely highlight is um, Adventure Time, which is another Cartoon Network yeah. show. Um, I actually didn't find that show until I was much older, like in college. Um, And I was just kind of like hanging out with my friends. Someone mentioned it and I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And it honestly is one of my favorite television shows. I've watched it all the way through probably six or seven times. Like it's a background show to me. It's just really beautiful the way that the characters develop and the way that they portray life lessons, like consent is a huge proponent of that show and what consent looks like and how to ask and like, you know, how to react based on people's like answers. And I just think Hmm. like kids today really need those things. And if there are kids like me, like growing up who are only watching these weird freaking cartoons, that's one that like, you're going to, your entire life, you're going to be a good person after watching it just plain and simple um but yeah i'll I'll leave off there but that's really i think my journey into now good well i think brenny you also said something in there that in three words sums up you and a lot of my favorite people which is weird comma but good (laughs) 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 who's brenna well she's weird but good (laughs) <laughs> um that's great i didn't know that i didn't know that was your your introduction to television and that's so cool and that's good that it, it's really neat that it stayed with you too i didn't know any of that uh, yeah i think my oh sorry i just i think when i got older i think i stuck with those shows because i started to appreciate them on a deeper level hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like the character development and the relationships, like you look at Courage the Cowardly Dog now from like a sociological perspective 
that show is wild. So it only, I think, gets more interesting as you get older, which is part of it. I like that. Well, I was also thinking about my other my other big friend, like probably like one of the biggest influences in my life would be like all my older siblings. They were like very much in the same realm, like looking up these shows and like finding it for the first cut is like they just like the plot of it and then coming back to it. Like there's a reason people go back to these shows they watched because they're so grounded in truth, like SpongeBob and all these things. So that's so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, that that really is. It, just thinking about that, Andrew, are there any you know shows that you can remember from your like early memories that really stuck with you? Well, I remember my like. I think there's a term um, like sexual awakening, and for me, um, it's a little bit of a different thing. It's like my comedic awakening was. I was like, I couldn't have been more than like anywhere from seven to ten. And Bill Hader was doing James Carville, an impression of him on Saturday Night Live. And I was la- I was up late enough, and he did it. And I didn't know who Carville was, but I was like, oh, my God. Like, there's space for people like me in this world to express themselves. And it's not negative, and it actually helps people. So that was a big thing for me. That, that had such a imprint onto me i'm not like a huge television watcher in a lot of ways but that was one where i begun to understood where i fit within the scope of the world hmm. through that um just by happenstance i kind of found that's it. that's really interesting huh um i think you know thinking about myself and kind of where i've where you know my earliest memories are you know and i think it kind of stays within that sibling thing i think that you know, one of the things that, you know, and this is probably going to be something that a lot of people, you know, kind of um, re- resonate with is, you know, watching Saturday morning cartoons with, with your siblings. You know, that kind of was my, I think, real kind of introduction to to television. And uh, one of the things that I've thought about for the last few days, you know, when we've been discussing this topic is, you know, TV, I don't remember a lot, you know, about specifically the content that I watch, but more of kind of the, you know, shows that you that you watch and the memories that you have, not exactly of like the content of the shows, but just kind of who you're experiencing it with. And, you know, so one of my earliest memories is watching uh, Saturday morning cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons, watching, you know, Batman, the animated series with my older brother. You know, that's one of the first things I remember is, you know, we get up early, go down in the basement Saturday morning and, you know, watch TV. Um, so I, you know, get, you know, that was kind of my first kind of impression, maybe not my very first, but, you know, obviously I remember Sesame Street, you know, Arthur was something that I watched when I was kind of in the elementary school years. Um, you know, cartoons, you know, Kids WB and, you know, Cartoon Network, you know, I got big into Scooby-Doo around that time. You know, so those are just a couple of different shows that kind of were the first things that I watched. And I wouldn't say that the stuff that I watched then is the stuff that I watch now. It kind of is has changed. Um, but, you know, the, the things that I like to watch now, I typically, you know, like to laugh and like to, you know, delve into kind of human relationships, which, you know, a number of these shows that I'll mention, you know, really delve into those relationships and really is 
always been something that's stuck with me. And those are, it's the reason why some of these shows have, you know, stuck with me for such a long time, because they just have these, you know, connections, human connections, human emotions. And um, it's something that I've always enjoyed with the shows that I've, I've liked over the years. I like the point that you made about like who you watched it with, I guess. Cause like for me, it's, it's a little different because I'm an only child. So like, I really just either watched it alone or with my parents. So it's kind of so like, to me, I, I don't think about that off the bat. So it's kind of a, it's a totally different perspective than I guess I've even ever thought. I mean, I at least speak to it in the sense where, the eldest person, at least within my family nucleus, um, had complete control of what we were watching. So my early influences and things like that, I actually never watched Sesame Street. I never watched Arthur and these things. They were like, quote unquote, children shows. So I always mm-hmm. watched the media, which so like I grew up on like Lizzie McGuire and um, I mean, I can't really think of too many other shows, to be honest with you. But like it was very much what my eldest sister was four years my senior did and when I hung out in the neighborhood, we were doing what people four years older than me wanted us to do. So if they hit their pyro phase at age twelve and I was eight, I'm now in my pyro phase. And you know, maybe you guys didn't just burn things in your backyard like I used to. Um, but when the twelve year olds in the neighborhood say you're going to do something and you're, and you're eight, um, that's what's going to happen. So at least for me, I was remarkably affected by what the people um, older than me were doing, and God blessed them. When we got older, they started doing a lot of great things, so it, it very much helped me there. But yeah, yeah I mean, the TV, um, you know, youngest one, I know that you're the middle one, Garrett. Like, yeah, it's um, it's tough sledding for you. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting because you know, Tyler, my old, my eldest brother, is closer in age than me, me and Carter, who's my younger brother, and people would, you know. People that know me know me very well, you know, that Carter and I, I think are, have a, a, I, you know, I don't want to say closer relationship, but I think like our relationship is a lot more like nuanced and, you know, there's a lot more, you know, areas to that. Me and my older brother, I think are closer in age, but, you know, we're definitely, you know, not necessarily as close as me and Carter. So, you know, when I was, when me and my older brother were growing up, Carter was kind of not born yet and was kind of a toddler. So it was like, wasn't like I had to fight over the TV and necessarily, um, I will also share something absolutely crazy. that's going to blow your mind. So, um, you know, mentioning about the, Oh, the oldest person kind of makes the rules and gets to watch what to, what to watch. My brother and I used to fight over who had, uh, the chance to turn off the TV. And we would get into huge fights about whose turn it was to turn the TV off. My parents went as far as to, like, make a list on the refrigerator about whose turn it was to turn off the TV. That's, like, one of the craziest things I remember about, you know, TV from from an early age. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean... It... Hey, kid, kids just, you know, care about the craziest things. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Well, 
you grew up watching those shows. What about the shows that you that you pick to watch now? Well, uh, the majority of the shows that I picked are shows that are, you know, comedies, you know. I always like to laugh, you know, when I'm watching TV, I'm always kind of looking for stuff that's going to make me laugh, stuff that's going to make me feel good. Um, and I also feel like shows like that are kind of, you know, the best connections that I have with some of my best friends that, you know, Brenna and I, we both love watching Parks and Rec. Andrew and I, we both love watching It's Always Sunny. You know, some of my best friends, the connections that we have are connections over some of these shows that we just like to laugh about and like to, you know, quote from time to time. Um, so one show, I'll kind of start off with this. Um, one show that has kind of connected me to someone else's family guy. Me and uh, my best friend from high school, that's a show that the two of us have really bonded over over the last, you know, however long we've been really good friends. Um, and it's just, you know, reciting quotes from episodes or watching old episodes it's one of those shows that, like, I can, the two of us can watch at any time. We can watch any episode, even ones that we've seen a million times and know everything. But it's just an experience that, like, you can just get to laugh and kind of experience a show with someone else. Um, and it's like TV is, I feel like the relationships I have with all the people in my life, there are connections over TV shows, you know, and this friend, it's family guy with Andrew, it's, always sunny you know with both of you guys it's like rick and morty with brenna it's parks and rec you know it's like i make those connections with all the people that you know i'm friends with um or or i'm connected with um yeah so i think that's definitely one of the shows that i've always enjoyed you know i definitely enjoy the you know earlier seasons you know and me and my friend will agree that that we enjoy watching those over kind of the seasons that are still going on right now but it's just kind of that connection that the two of us have that made me put that on on my list for shows that i wanted to you know make a point to talk about if i could pause on that or just meditate on that point for a second that the, the, the tv shows such as family guys and and other shows are kind of entry points into relationships with people you know one conversation i had with my two roommates my freshman year is that me and my other roommate drew were very sports focused and it led to making a lot of small talk with a lot of people at a very, a lot of opportune moments. And my other roommate, Jonathan is just a creature. Like he just sits on his computer and like plays his little games that no one else knows about. And we're like, when you go into business, it's going to be harder for you to break the ice because you have such dissimilar interests to people. On the other hand, when you find someone who has a really unique one-off thing that you have, you make this really deep connection. And so we talked about the extent to which, yes, sports, TV shows, the things that we're kind of discussing is very much um, a tipping point for people. It's a place where you can make loose small talk to kind of uh, break the ice, if you would. Uh, it's also pretty cool if you have that one little nugget that you really believe in and someone else believes in that too. That is, that's a really nice idea of like looking at it, that the more obscure things that you enjoy in life, even in general, really do connect you to people in such a deep way. Like, I don't know, just like thinking about it, like that kid you might describe as like weird and good, right? Like he's got those interests where you're like, oh my God, but like, okay, cool. I'm into it. You know, like, 
that's I think that's one of the things that like makes TV so great is that not only can you connect on the show, but then you can connect even more within the show on like opinions and all of those really wild things that like I know like Garrett and I talk about Parks and Rec all the time. That's not an obscure show, but the way that we talk about it is a lot of like sharing quotes, talking about the characters, like all of these things, like dissecting them, why they're our favorite, you know, mm-hmm. all of these different things that it it fuels our conversation and it like it's fun to share. It's fun to talk about. There's things we enjoy. So it is, it's it's fun or interesting rather to look at it in a way that it's like the odder and more obscure it is, the deeper the connection could potentially be. Mm-hmm. But then even if it's not an obscure show, you can still have that incredibly deep connection for very similar reasons, right? It's yeah. One other note I was going to share just on Family Guy in, in particular, um, and these aren't just general conversations. You know, we can get into specifics talking about characters, which is, you know, my next thing. So the Family Guy relationship of Brian and Stewie, you know, I'm assuming that most people watching this know the shows that we're talking about. So, you know, I'm not really going to fully explain, you know, oh, this character is this. So, you know, the relationship between Brian and Stewie on Family Guy is very similar to the relationship I have with my best friend from high school. You know, the two of them have this relationship where they, you know, oftentimes are quick to, you know, make fun of each other and kind of point out faults in each other and just kind of, you know, make fun of each other and, you know, a barb at each other. But it's like at the end of the day, the two of them, you know, are members of a family and they love each other. And, you know, that's kind of what the relationship is I have with my friend that, you know, yeah, we cut each other down, we break each other's, bust each other's chops all the time, but like, we're always there together. And it's just kind of a a beautiful thing to, to like make a connection to that. I love that. Awkward. Give us a favorite show right now. Hmm. Um, I'd say really big shows for me would be, um, I could maybe even point to characters within shows, but um, Friday Night Lights was something I watched my freshman year of college that I deeply enjoyed. The Midnight Gospel, which I recommended to both of you guys, um, is a show that, I feel like we'll withstand the test of time because it's very um, grounded in humanity. Yeah. Um, that's all that comes to mind immediately. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So you're really not like a true big TV guy. I would, I would like to um, make my first breath of fresh life confession and then maybe put in some drums there. Um, I almost watch no television, but I love the idea of television. I like the show. I like the, I like the growth of characters. Hmm. I'm a reader. I'm a movie person. Um, but I like the idea of the show, hmm. but I don't use that to unwind. Like people can like crank through shows cause they put it on at the end of the day for like 40 minutes to unwind in a lot of ways, or I do not do that. I like to do a variety of other things, but um, but yeah, I'd say those those would be the two shows. 
I'm not sure if that was a good answer. And then Saturday Night Live has also been a huge muse for me, but mm. not necessarily maybe a show that would be boxed in the way that some of the other ones would be formatted. But mm. yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it's a great answer. Uh, yeah, there's there, there's no such thing as a as a bad answer on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How about you guys? Like, were there any like really like deep cuts? When I say deep cuts, like a character that could be from your youth or currently that like you feel like spoke to you as an individual. Like, oh man, this is I see a lot of myself in this individual, or I really enjoy the actions of this individual. Like, damn, I cannot wait to see how they respond to this situation. Like, who would some of those people be for you? Hmm. Wow, well, that's a great question, actually have not thought about that really enough hmm. i actually think off off the like cusp like there are shows that mean a lot to me for different ways and like have representation that is important to me um like very important like there's a lot of shows that i you know watch that are newer shows because they didn't exist when I was younger, but it like shows that have like LGBT representation and like, um, like black indigenous people of color representation. Like it's just, there's a lot of really beautiful new shows that are coming out. But I think like, if I'm going to think like, what is this character going to do? How are they going to react? Nine times out of 10, I'm thinking about Bob's Burgers, (laughs) which is just like a complete, it's weird, but it's like I can see a little bit of myself in every character. So it's like the their development throughout each episode, like the the songs that they have, like what joke is Gene gonna tell? Like how like who knows what he's gonna say next? Where is Linda gonna take this as a mom? Like will Bob ever learn as a dad? You know, like <laughs> the tough life lessons that they go through in like every episode and what they learn just is so nice because I can see myself in each of those situations, Mm. however ridiculous they may be. Right. But like, it's, it's enjoyable. I look forward to it. And I'm like, Ooh, the title of like, if it's a Halloween episode, like the haunted house, Bob's burgers episode is like probably one of my favorite. And it's so weird, but it's because all I wanted to do was predict what was happening next the entire time. And like, what was going to happen and where are they going to go with it? And like, this is so like, the ending is wild as hell. So it's just like, Little things like that, I think, is what makes that show so special for me. Is because I truly you see the growth, and that's what I just really love. Hmm. Well, I think you know when when I watch TV, I think I take you know little bits of each of the character and kind of you know relate them back to myself. So it's like you know thinking about I think Parks and Rec for for example, it's like there are different you know, areas of each of the characters that, you know, I just enjoy, whether it's, you know, April's like, you know, perceived, you know, apathy that she doesn't, you know, care about anything, but, you know, the things that she does care about, she's very passionate about, you know, if it's Tom's, you know, ridiculous showmanship and like, you know, the idea that he's selfish and only cares about himself, but it's like, deep down, he is a person that, you know, really, truly does care. Um, And, you know, that's one of the shows where, you know, it just, for me, was uh, kind of a, there's so many kind of base emotions in that show where it's like happy, sad, you know, angry. And, you know, I always felt like it was one of those shows that at the end of every episode, there was kind of a closure. Like if someone, 
you know, did something wrong or if someone, you know, maybe made someone else feel, you know, inadequate or inferior or whatever, there always was some kind of closure that like, hey, I'm sorry, I, you know, acted this way, but like, I still care about you. Um, and I think especially the relationship between Leslie and Ron, like how different they are as characters, but that they all, you know, ultimately come to kind of a, uh, a relationship of respect that they both respect each other. And then it grows into the two of them being, you know, like family essentially. Um, and one of the things I love about that show is just the whole cast is so much like a family, you know, when you see them get together after like post show, you know, after the show ended in 2015, it's like, it's, it, they're just such a wonderful group of people. And just like, you can feel that they took part in, something that they're all super proud of and super proud that they can share it with so many people in America and around the world. I totally agree with that. I think that's a, definitely another show where I see myself in every character, right? Like yeah. everyone has literally felt every emotion of each one of those episodes and everything that goes through it. And like, even though it is, it's another really ridiculous show but the office also reminds me of that right it's very similar in that way that every single little thing you notice and you think about but like you can reflect on it yourself which is i think just another gift of one of the like those types of shows is that like you really do like i mean april was a great example right like she's funny because she's so negative and mean and does these awful things but then at the same time like her passion for dogs is what kind of humanizes her and gives her that deeper role into it and like her growing love with andy like that those are things that on the surface of a person you wouldn't see but as the show continued they really grew her character in a way that you could connect with her because like i never went through that stage in my life where i was anything april you know but like it is definitely something now that I can see and be like, oh, it's really amazing. Hmm. So I did just want to kind of jump in, kind of talking about uh, character growth and and transformation. Um, And bear with me, because this is probably going to get kind of, kind of, kind of, not, not out there, but like it might elicit some, you know, emotions. So, um, talking about It's Always Sunny is another is a show that, you know, is definitely my number one favorite. And, you know, I know that it's not a totally, you know, wholesome show. I think when you think about Parks and Rec and you think about The Office, you know, that there's kind of a lot of positivity. But It's Always Sunny is like overtly kind of a super negative show in which, you know, each of the characters kind of are, you know, negative towards each other and kind of have these, you know, narcissistic tendencies. Um you know, always was a show that was just funny to me, just in the sense that they're a group of people just doing the craziest things ever, you know, and it just was always something that, you know, I always could laugh at. It was always something that I could put on, you know, if I was feeling any mood, if I was feeling angry or upset, I could throw it on and, you know, laugh. You know, if I was feeling sad, I could throw it on and I could laugh. You know, if I'm going to sleep, I can throw, I mean, it's one of those shows and maybe this is crazy. I can throw this show on and you know, not even watch it. I can just listen to the audio of the show and just kind of go to sleep and it's kind of a soothing thing. So that's kind of a a little bird walk. But I think talking about character transformation um, in It's Always Sunny is about Mac, the um, one of the main characters in the show. And, um, 
there are references kind of throughout the show until season 11 of him him being gay and there's um this incredible scene at the end of season 13 in the last episode where um mac finally reveals to his dad that he's gay and puts on this interpretive dance that is one of the most beautiful things that i've ever seen watching tv and it just always something for me myself that always impresses me about people is when people go through these you know big changes in their lives you know if it's coming out if it's you know making kind of these big life decisions and having the strength to be able to be like this is who i am um it's always something that's impressed me about the people that that i know or people that i've respected from afar that this is how i feel this is who i am and just something about that scene just was so powerful that here's a show that is all about you know negativity and doing the the worst things possible to each other but it can separate from that and be a a beautiful moment about a character and the character's you know transformation so um that just always was a really amazing scene for me in a show that i didn't expect it from um, and i think a lot of people would agree people that have watched that show and loved that show for a long time that they were floored by that scene that they were like oh my gosh this is you know incredible now i know not everyone agrees with that but for me it was just a really special moment in a show that didn't really i didn't expect that from
Um, and the way that they talk about it is like very non-binary, right? So you don't have to identify as male or female. You're just the person that you are. Um, and I think that show does a really beautiful job of kind of explaining it to kids in a way that makes sense, but also putting forth that representation of like, this is normal and this is okay. And if, if you see yourself in this, go for it, right? Like be yourself, feel like when you're not your true self, you feel empty. And like the show really touched on that in a way where it was like, oh, like that's beautiful, like for me watching, but I know a kid watching that would see it in a way that they're going to learn from it, which I really just, I love. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I think about what you say about being your true self makes you happy. Being your true self makes you happy. I think what always kind of confuses me is being your true self is, is you to you, but then what kind of confuses me is that it's also you, the person to the world. Being, being me makes me happy. Being myself makes me happy. That, in a way, is a conversation between me and the person I look through in the mirror, but then also me to the world. And then there's the earth. The earth is like this continuum. It's this thing that's happening. And then the world is kind of like how I'm seeing everything. And then there's me. And being true to myself, is that being true to myself and the world? Is that being true to myself and the earth? I kind of think it's being true to myself and the earth. It's like just being true to true versus being true to the world and being true to like the society around me. Do you see what, does that make any sense? Yeah. I think that the truth of everything is like the earth is true. Like the trees, gravity, like all of these things are true. The trends which we see that everyone has to wear like North Face and then in two years everyone has to wear Lululemon. It's not true. It's not It's not real. None of it is grounded in reality. And yet these people, like people are born and they're a certain way. And that's just what it is. And then we live in a world. This is maybe off of, this is off a conversation we had off, off screen a while ago about it's like it has to be repressed because the world says like this is how everything is. Like we live in a very, um, I don't know the exact term, but it's like male to female culture. But it it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't, Bretta, you would know better than than me. But like, in a way, like you understood probably you were gay before you went and had a conversation with the world. But you to the earth and you to yourself, you knew. And yet, in a way, there's this thing where you have to come to the world. But if we could have TV shows where the world was like, hey, this is like a very normal, natural thing. When you say representation, like it alleviates that burden. It lets people see that this is a normal thing. And I would love to live in a world where we deconstruct people to the world. I, I wish living your truth was just like more celebrated. I really, I really do. I really, I fundamentally do. I would, I mean, I would definitely agree in terms of like, I knew that I was gay as when I was a freshman in high school, but I only knew it because someone had like mentioned that they also liked a girl who was a female. 
um, at the time. And I was like, that's intriguing. Tell me more about that. Um, but I really didn't pursue any more further thoughts until I got to college where I met a bunch of really strong, awesome women who were gay that I could see myself in. But like, as you know, as I grew up, as time went on, kids are realizing their sexuality younger and younger because they're seeing it represented. (laughs) And that's the thing where people are like, you can't know you're gay when you're seven years old. And it's like, if the option is presented and it feels right, who cares? Right? Like, you can have a crush on someone that, you know, like, similarly, that's why, like, I think that's probably why I'm so drawn to these shows where it, like, it breaks it down and I could see, like, past me in middle school would have been like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, it clicked, you know? Right. And I, I think that it would have normalized it a lot more in our, like, in, like, Natick's culture because, like, when I came out, when I was a freshman in college, no one else was really out. You know, like, there was a very small, small group of people, but now it's much more normalized to come out and be out in high school, and it's much more accepted, and it's, you know, something that's like, oh, my God, no, I don't care about that. Like, whatever, girl, you do use this. Like, you know, things like it's much more comfortable, and I think that media and TV shows in particular have a lot to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with, you know, all all of those things, Andrew, I really wasn't sure where you were going, but then kind of, as you continued to, you know, talk about kind of made, made, made more sense to me. Anything else we want to talk about? Any other burning shows? I don't know if like burning shows is the right thing to say, but I do know you know, a show that all three of us enjoy is Rick and Morty. So I would think that naturally, I think, would be a, a good thing to talk about. Um, you know, I'll just start with me. I probably was introduced to the show later than you two, you two, you two guys were. Um, it was something that was mentioned to me, I think, by Andrew and maybe another, another, one, of, another one of our friends. Um, and I always thought it was, you know, a super weird show. So going back to, like, the beginning when we were talking about you know, shows that are weird but good or things or people that are weird but good. It was one of those things that I always perceived as like, oh, you know, that's a little too weird for me. Like, I'm not really sure what it is that I'm getting into. And, you know, granted, the first time that I watched it, the few episodes I watched, I'm like, okay, you know, this this is super weird. I'm not really sure if this is for me. Um, and that typically is how it goes with certain shows that I get into that I'm not typically into, you know, those types of genres. Um but just like I've just been amazed at the the show and just the depth of it and the depth of you know things that they get into that it's not just comedy it's not just you know drama it's not just a show about you know human emotions it's a show about you know all these things um, and it kind of can get overwhelming at times I think when you're watching it but you know I don't know for some reason it's a show that I really didn't expect you know would grab me but it's really grabbed me in the last few years that I've watched it. I think I I would totally agree with that. I think for me, there's, like, one specific episode that comes into mind where, like, I don't know, I enjoyed the show, and it was like, okay, yes, 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 yes. But then the um, Pickle Rick episode where they, the family goes to therapy, and, like, God, she just, the therapist nails it on the head, like, and you truly see the real 
like psychological breakdown of what's going on but in the same time there's like this fucking ridiculous pickle russian mafia thing going on on the side which is just like the perfect way to describe that show to me like just it's hysterical it's mind-boggling you're like what the hell is going on but also like it has that real life shit in it that like really scoops you and i know like drew i remember like i don't even know i think i was in grad school there was one episode and you just kind of said like a lot of what rick and morty had been talking about you've been grappling with and they were big life things and i think i hadn't even delved that deep into the show at that point and the minute you brought it up i was like all right let's sit down and do this like let's talk about the universe and god and whatever you know but it's like that show brought us to that conversation which is just bananas yeah rick and morty is the funniest show ever that accidentally might have triggered some depression in my life (laughs) the um that the, that string of texts I, I sent to Brenna was my junior year of college, and it's the Unity episode where Rick literally starts an old fling, starts up an old flame, which is Unity, who like conquers all these planets. And what she says to him at the end is that like Rick essentially, and if you haven't seen the show, this is kind of the premise of it, is he can do whatever he wants in his life, but no matter what he does, it's kind of like still pointless, and it makes him so sad and it like it makes him this like incredible person like almost like a god um but also completely trapped and confined to his own mind which is essentially what they bring up in that therapist episode two in pickle rick and i believed that for a long time i really thought that that was like the truth that like you can be infinitely creative but like no matter what it's pointless and like honestly like I really no longer feel like that. I feel like I've come into a lot of better literature and a lot of better phrased things that um, have allowed me to live a life of a lot of meaning and a lot more happiness. But like that philosophy at that given time did stand to break me. And I really don't watch Rick and Morty anymore because of it. I think I had such a, um, such a, such a difficult time with, with that concept and, I think one thing to to realize is that like I leaned on Brenna in that time and like you lean on your friends in those moments. But um, yeah, that episode beat me up very good. But that's kind of also my criticism of Rick and Morty is like these two creators who are infinitely funny, like they could easily bring a way more positive thing. Like you see uh, Morty when he's like to all the Ricks, like you're outnumbered in the Citadel episode. And like they do do that in certain moments. But the lion's share of it is looking at Rick's um, depression or, like, whatever you want to call it. And then, like, he's tied into his family almost like it's this embarrassing thing. When in, like, reality, like, that should be this grassroots, like, he should be building them up. So I think that it's a very it's – it is ir- irresponsible in some ways they handle certain things. Um, hmm. And I don't agree with it. But, I mean, the comedy in that is unmatched. The references, the unstructured of it, the way that they can go through all these things is unmatched. But I'm actually kind of out on Rick and Morty, to be honest. And I, the way that they perceived, um, or sorry, well, the Midnight Gospel, how they have this like these two wild grappling things with the images and these real life things, that is what I'm looking for. So when I saw that, it in a lot of ways closed um, my book on Rick and Morty. Wow. What, what it was, though. Love it for what it was. Hmm. Um, one thing that I was going to mention um, 
And Andrew, yeah, I think I definitely agree with those things that you mentioned. Um, but I feel like, you know, oftentimes you're watching a show like that or people that I know are watching a show and don't really pay attention to, you know, kind of the deep conversations that the show kind of kind of in- encourages you to, to have. And I think a lot of people or people that I know that have tried to watch it and don't really like it are watching it and thinking that, oh, it's just a funny show and like there's not much else to it. But there is, there are so many layers to it and it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I think the first episode that I realized that, okay, this is what this is, is the episode where um, I'm not sure exactly what the what the context is, but there's this alien that, you know, tricks Rick into like a bunch of different simulations that is like, okay, this is a simulation inside of a simulation. And it's like that episode absolutely like broke my brain. It was like, okay, that's what this show is about. And it just kind of, you know, grew from there. I've always, you know, enjoyed it. You know, I think that the, the storytelling aspect is something that I wish that they explored a little bit more. So the episode that you were talking about, the Citadel of Ricks, where they have that whole story about um, the Mortys and like the different layers to that, to that episode is always fascinating. And then, you know, the big, you know, reveal at the end, you know, blew me away. And I was like, oh my God, am I watching Rick and Morty? Like, am I... Am I watching some, you know, crime movie that they reveal oh, who the crime boss really is or who really was the bad guy the whole time? And it just is like, holy cow, you know, and that's something that I've always been interested in with that show is when they go into storytelling, go into really deep storytelling. I like that. The storytelling aspect. I think you're right. I think, and honestly, I... I didn't finish the most recent season of Rick and Morty, but like to me that sh- I still I will go back and I will watch it eventually whenever I do in my life, but I think that show I think is hard because I want to see more growth and storyline like with Rick. I think he like his character by far obviously has the most growth that needs to be done, but like if you take too much of that away from him, he doesn't have the same persona that he did before that so many people have fallen in love with right like it is that brokenness in him that kind of pushes that show forward in a way that you almost have to be prepared to see someone who i mean in real like sociological and psychological terms is not okay (laughs) it's very sick (laughs) like it is definitely you kind of need to know that there are deeper levels but going into it there's going to be some things that are messed up, but like, mm-hmm. that's why we like shows. I mean, the office, Michael Scott, he's messed up, <laughs> but he's so endearing and lovable because of the good moments. Right. And Rick does have good moments. He can be good. So it's like, I can see that part of it, but I do wish that there was more visible growth, I guess. Mm-hmm. The storyline. I guess my, I guess my ultimate takeaway, and this is just for me, the person and in no means to influence anybody else. But like, I just know personally, if I watch certain episodes of Rick and Morty or certain Frank Ocean songs, my overall mood is going to tank, especially in the winter. But things that have made me sad, if you would, like, I wouldn't, like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't like wish them away. I feel like they were all very important things in my life. So Frank Ocean is one of my favorite artists, and Rick and Morty makes masterful works. But goddamn, do not go in just like 
willy-nilly. Mm. Know what you are getting yourself into for sure. Yeah, 100%. With love, Andrew, you know, with love. <laughs> oh, man, I feel like it's going to be hard going into other shows, you know, now after having such kind of a deep conversation about that particular show. Um, are there any any more or any other shows you guys want to talk about that you're burning to? Yeah, maybe just a couple of confessions. Um, 17-year-old me thought I was Will Hunting from Good Will Hunting. I know that's not a TV show, but I fully thought that like I was that character, even though I was like never in foster homes or deeply abused. I literally thought that was me as a person. I identified completely with Will Hunting. Uh, also not a genius. Um, but I loved that movie so deeply, and it really shaped my life, and it's still my favorite movie. And I love the title that's Goodwill, like you are hunting down Goodwill and trying to make meaning within this life. I love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. Well, we can definitely delve into that in the movie episode. Then we can talk more in depth about it. I thought I was going to go to Hogwarts, not to interrupt. I thought I was going to Hogwarts. I thought that was real. I thought I was going to get a letter. So if we're just going to clear house, I'll clear house. I'm not going to sit here afraid to clear house. I'll clear house. That's my house. It's been cleared. I'll put it out there that I, too, thought that I would one day get that Gryffindor letter, so, like, you ain't alone in that one. <laughs> or Hogwarts letter. Gryffindor. Yeah, I'll be I don't think I have anything else that's, like, burning in my brain to talk about. Okay. Like, I feel like I could talk about shows. Like, I'd be crazy... Like, if we wanted to go into, like, other stuff, like, Triple D and, like, Guy's Grocery Games and all those cooking shows also mean a ton to me, just because I know nothing about cooking, I know nothing about food, but, like, <laughs> those are shows I, like, throw myself into. Yeah. Um, like, but those are more, like, like, the reality shows or, like, the crime shows that, like, I watch constantly. I love Investigation Discovery. Like, <laughs> I love Law & Order SVU. Criminal Minds, come on. Like... All of those shows are so special and different in their own ways, yeah. but I don't, like, they're more like honorable mentions, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I'll watch it like Law & Order SVU. I mean, Olivia Benson. Come on. Come on. <laughs> what could be said for that absolute dime piece? Like, this woman, is she's fighting for her life. She's fighting for the lives of other women and men, like... It puts forth such a good, like, everything about that show is amazing. I love it. But, like, I don't know if I really would dissect it fully. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, those are those are just shows that I, I enjoy. There's character arcs, but they're more just based on the crime, which is what I like to know about. Mm -hmm. You know? Or, like, Say Yes to the Dress. I love looking at wedding dresses, but, like, it's just a reality show that I watch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you need those garbage shows, I think. Yeah. yeah. You, like, those my mom loves. She likes, she likes The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and she her thing is always like, I want to come home and I want to watch something stupid. I want to sit there and be like, these people are stupid, and I love it. Yeah. And like I didn't get it at first, I completely get it now. <laughs> like you just need to watch garbage sometimes, you know. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely speak to that. Like I think. You know, and it's not, you know, garbage necessarily, but like I watch Impractical Jokers. That's a show that I watch that, yeah, is totally, total garbage, like totally devoid of any kind of, you know, meaning or whatsoever. It's just there to make you laugh. 
and may, there to make you feel uncomfortable and embarrassed. But it's like, you know, I just, I, I love the group of those guys that like, yeah, they, you know, make fun of each other, do the funniest stuff to each other, but like, you know, they are best friends. Um, but yeah, that's a show where it's just like, I throw on just to laugh and be like, oh my God, how could they say and do these crazy, embarrassing things? I can just imagine right now, it goes, sometimes you just got to listen to some garbage, but I'm dumb, dumb, dumb. I mean, literally, that's the premise of the show is to make you at home the most uncomfortable you've ever been in your life. Is Joe the name of the guy that has no conscience, like just literally does not care? I mean, he just, he just doesn't have any shame. Yeah. He yeah, just yeah, like yeah, he yeah, will yeah. say and do pretty much anything. He is my favorite. It's... That show had a very bad influence on me at 18 in public. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. No doubt. That. <laughs> yeah, it definitely like encourages you to just make a complete ass of yourself. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a show that me and my friends like watching just to a dumb show, just to not really think about anything like Rick and Morty's not a show you can just watch with people randomly. Like you have to fully divulge into it. Um, so going Brenda, I'm glad that you brought up the, the bachelor thing. So I was going to talk about another reality show. I'm not a reality show person, really, you know, the, the cooking shows and stuff I will watch, but that's just more kind of devoid of any kind of meeting it just i love watching people cook and people be creative with food and that's you know probably a whole nother conversation but um one of the reality shows i really enjoy is survivor um and that is a show that i have had really you know a long time of experience with um it's my mom's favorite show she's been watching that show for as long as i can remember um and i've really in the last few seasons that i've watched it i've really kind of gained a deeper appreciation for it because it's such a unique a unique premise such a unique game and you you know see the the human emotions of people you see the human in so many people and i know that people will say oh you know they lie and you know all these things but it really is kind of a show that i'm not really sure how to put it but it's just like you can see so much of like america in that and you can see so much of you know, people kind of showing who they truly are. And it's just, there's something, I don't know, it's just kind of makes me feel special about that show. And maybe it's the connection that I have with someone that I've watched that show for as long as I can remember. Um, but I just felt like definitely wanted to mention that show in terms of a, of a reality show. That's the one reality show that I really get invested in. I used to religiously watch that show with my parents as well, so I totally get that. I stopped watching it, I think, when I got into maybe, like, high school-ish, maybe college, but um, I I can totally – that show is addicting. You want – you pick one person and you just want to see them win. I think that's why I like it. Yeah. Like, Boston Rob, I rooted for that dude since day one, and I don't care that it's just because he was from Boston. When he finally made it to the end, he earned it, and I was here for it. <laughs> yeah that's absolutely that's absolutely right Boston Rob if you're listening respect yeah. <laughs> we love you <laughs> we should tweet him on the Breath of Fresh Life podcast yeah see yeah yeah get, get a guest 
Good little shout out there. <laughs> I would say, like, one of the most special things about that show is at some point, you know, kind of when they get down to maybe less than 10 people or about, they bring, you know, family members out for people to see. And, like, that is always a a scene and a moment that, like, never fails to make me tear up and to make me cry because it's, like, these people that play this game literally put their lives on pause and go away from their families and participate in, yeah, it's you know, just a game, but it's just, like, to see that raw emotion of them seeing the people that they love the most and, like, the connections that they have to those people. It's something so special, and, you know, I always look forward to that, and I always am like, oh, my gosh, you know, just to see that raw emotion and people just being so happy to see that person is really something that's always kind of kind of st- stuck with me. It does remind me of, like, when troops come home from war, and they see their family. Yeah, it's a very big tearjerker for me too because there is that same loose experience, and it's it is a beautiful thing to witness. I think also with that show, the one of the things that makes it super real and intriguing is that it's not one of those shows that you can like pre-script. You know, like the producers can't. They can make things harder for the contestants, but they can't come in and like plant a person to like, you know, I don't know, do crazy things like they can in The Bachelor, right? Or like Jersey Shore, they definitely tell them what to do sometimes, right? Like those shows I don't always trust to be as reality as they are, but I think Survivor is one where I'm like, nope, that's real. (laughs) That is reality. Like those people could die. And some of them get like seriously injured and have to get like airlifted out and it's it is intense. Like naked and afraid, I think is like that too, right? Like very intense could be really, really detrimental to your health and your life. Like you can't stage that stuff. That Hmm. stuff is real, which I think is also why I like that show. Hmm. Hmm. So I think when we, when we'd mentioned earlier about kind of um, human emotions and kind of attachments, one show that really stuck with me, and especially the most recent season, was Stranger Things. Um, that show really, again, another show that really I wasn't interested in when it came out. I was like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, not really my type of, you know, genre. I'm not really into science fiction, horror, or, you know, whatever you want to classify it as. Um, but I think at one point I just broke down and was like, you know what, I'll give in to the, to the pressure of everyone telling me to watch it. Um, and something about that just grabbed me in the first five minutes in that very first scene of the show if you guys have seen um of the the group of those four of the four kids playing dungeons and dragons you know will going off and then getting kidnapped by the the demogorgon and it's like you just need to keep watching because you need to keep trying to figure out what happened and they spend you know the entire season trying to figure out you know, what's, what's really going on. Um, but for some reason it just grabs me. And I think the most recent season was kind of wild for me and really emotionally, you know, hit me really hard, especially that, you know, last episode there's a lot emotionally going on. I don't really want to, you know, spoil it for people that haven't seen it, but it's like the amount of just raw emotion that comes out in those last few scenes is like crazy. Like, I honestly, and I will admit it gladly on the podcast, I cried like a baby, you know, watching those last few scenes because it's like, holy cow, there's so much going on. And 
you know, something about the emotional attachment to the character, something about that show, you know, makes it just so special. I haven't seen the most recent season, but I would agree with you. I do think that that show is really, like, the way that they've created it and kind of formatted it has, I think, improved as the season, at least from, like, season one to season two. Yeah. So I like that you say season three is, like, even better because I also just didn't, I think I just didn't know it came out, and then a lot of people were talking about it, and I was like, I'll get to it later, but then I just never did. So it's, it's almost like a reminder at this point because I forgot about that show. And, you know, the great thing is a lot of these shows that we've mentioned are, you know, binge-worthy shows that you can watch, you know, a bunch at a time. This is one of those shows where, like, you have to pretty much pause everything you're doing and just watch, you know, a bunch of these through. Because it's like there's so much going on, you just are always just dying to find out what happens. Just that that show, The Eleven, looking exactly like my buddy Mike Langan, is for me, the for, for pound for pound, one of the things that brings me the most joy in this life. Yes. Every few months, seeing Eleven show up somewhere in, in pop culture, on the TV, and it just looks exactly like 16-year-old Mike Langan. It's just one of the best things that's ever happened to me. It's just a gift from God, and I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> Does Mike agree that he looks oh, like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that's a universal, like full body yes from every <laughs> single person that's ever come into contact with the picture. It's like, oh yeah, that makes for sure. That makes sense. Oh my god. People yeah. love that one. Yeah, it is it is it is a spitting image. It's actually insane. <laughs> it lit- it looks like they are related. Yeah. Or just even looks like they're the same person. If we're doing promo, if we're doing promo for this podcast, I will gladly post a picture of a side by side with Mike Langan at eleven. Gladly, yes, that would be very, that would be very, that would be appreciated. Hell yeah! Oh man! Goddamn! Um, so for me, I think just to close the book on those shows that are kind of atypical for me that for me personally um, is Game of Thrones. That's another huge. Just a huge show with so much, you know, going on in it. Like, we could have a full-body discussion about that show in particular. Um, but just, for me, it just was always a show that I was like, oh, whatever, you know. Don't don't really care that much for shows like that. Um, but then it was like, I finally was ready and asked my friend, hey, could I borrow your HBO? And naturally, I've had that HBO for a few years. Um, but... To, to watch that show and experience that show has been like such a blessing. And I know people are not happy with how the show ended. Um, but I just thought the whole thing, it was just, it just a joy to watch and a joy to be able to watch that show. Just so fascinating, the human relationships in that show and just the layers to, there are so many layers to stuff. And another show where you're like, I have to keep watching. I have to know what, what happens. Um, so just wanted to mention that show. Actually, I thought about that show earlier. Um, I didn't watch the first seven seasons, like as they came out, I waited until right before the eighth season was coming out. Yeah. So, and just for no reason, like I was just kind of like, whatever, I don't know about it. My parents watched it. Like they told me how much I would like it, whatever. I sat down and watched all seven seasons within like two weeks which I there are hours and hours
hours and hours of episodes, and I just fully binged that for, like, days and days at a time. Like, the people I babysat for at the time, they're like, oh, like, what did you do yesterday? And I'm like, I just watched Game of Thrones. And they're like, oh, what else? I'm like, no, that's literally it. I, from, like, 9 a.m. to, like, 12 p.m. watched Game of Thrones. (laughs) And they thought I was nuts, but, like, it was so worth it. It was so good. And, like, you... I remembered more and I knew more than like my parents watching it because they watched it weekly. So there were like gaps of whatever. Whereas when you binge it all in one, it actually makes way more sense. And like the characters make way more sense and you see it on a different level, which is really cool. That's very similar to what I did. So I started watching it right before the seventh season started. So I watched the first six seasons in the span of a month. And that was, you know, just absolutely crazy. Because it's a show you just have to keep watching. Um, And then, you know, watching season seven and season eight live was difficult, you know, having to wait each week to watch it. But, you know, it's one of those shows which is jam-packed with so much. Like, I remember watching its particular episode in season seven with um, Andrew and my good friend Ben Baptiste as the three of us came over to my house and we just watched it and watched it live. And we didn't say anything. We watched that entire episode, did not talk throughout the whole episode, and it was like, it's one of those shows that literally you have to just watch it, and you can't take your eye from it. There's so many times I've watched that show where I'm distracted and doing something else, and I have to go back and rewind, because it's like, oh, I need to I need to find out, find this out. Yeah, I mean, that's a show where <clears throat> it's a fantasy in the sense where, like, there is magic and other things in it, but it's if within any fantasy you'll ever see, if you're on the fence of watching Game of Thrones, it's the least amount of fantasy you'll ever see. And the whole thing is about people, power, and just kind of how a whole world unfolds around problems and things like that. I mean, it's really this fascinating look into people. Again, go back through all of history and you realize that People are fighting the same problems every day, even in this fictitious world, if you would. Brilliantly written by George R. R. Martin. I'd highly recommend reading the books, if not going through the show on HBO. Um, would would get a two thumbs up, two thumbs up from from myself. Yeah, if you're if you're if if you're on the fence, just you know jump over the fence. And if you watch three hours of that and you don't like it, no skin off your – that's what I try to tell people. Like sure. if someone I really respect recommends something to me, a book, a show, give it you know, 100 pages. Give it three hours and sure. you'll never regret that. You'll never regret that. And then if you can honestly tell someone, honestly, I just did not rock with it, all the power to you. Sure. Absolutely. That's like me and Breaking Bad. Yeah. I tried five episodes could not get myself into it i tried so hard just couldn't do it and i'm just like whatever people rave about the show i didn't get it but like that's just me yeah yeah it's one of those shows that very slowly builds things up and sometimes it's too slow and you know it can it can lose people and that's you know fine it's a great show but it's not for everyone like it, it takes a while you know it's one of those shows you know that and better call Saul, which i'm watching right now is there's a lot of, you know, not no dialogue. There's a lot of just kind of seeing how people are reacting, you know, with without voices. And it's it's kind of wild. Like, it's kind of interesting just to see kind of the emotions out of that show and just the amount of times where it's like you as the viewer have to kind of 
decide for yourself, you know, what's, what's going on. So just always something I've noticed with those two shows in particular. So do we want to end it with our positive of the week? Yeah. I mean, I still had some other things I was going to get to, oh, but sorry, yeah, yeah. no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm really, not, my bad, I thought you said Ahead, but I am excited for my positive thing of the week. I've thought about it. This is a premeditated one, so whenever we approach. All right. Well, Sorry, I thought you had said that that one was the last one you wanted to talk about, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. We'll do the positives after my bed. <laughs> I think I, I may have unintentionally said that, but yeah, I still had like three more ones that I just wanted to talk about quickly. Um, but before I do that, any other shows that you guys wanted to talk about, like anything else? Not really. Okay. No. E- even if it's like a crazy conspiracy theory. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, all right. So three other ones I was going to mention. So um, going back to that, you know, reality show type of thing. Um, Last Chance You is another show that I, I watched and really, really enjoyed. So about the this, um, well, actually two, two different um, like junior colleges that showcase um, – kids that go to this school and, you know, try to get another, you know, scholarship to go to another kind of big football school. Um, and typically the players that end up here have been, you know, maybe dismissed or kicked off of, you know, big football teams. And they go back to junior college to try to get one last chance to be able to get back into, you know, division one college football. Um, I think that show just has been really interesting to me just to see, you know, how some of these kids deal with the immense pressure that's put on them, you know, a lot of, and a lot of it is the pressure that they put on them, on, on themselves to be able to kind of make something of themselves for their family. And, um, just as always a show that kind of showed me like, wow, like these kids are under a tremendous amount of pressure. And it's one of those shows that like you watch it and you think about society and how much, you know, society has maybe given up on some of these kids and it's too bad that this has to be kind of their last chance to make something of themselves. And I think that, you know, is also a larger conversation that we could have about college sports and college athletes who, you know, this is really their, their chance to, you know, make something of themselves. But it's like, I wish we could get to a point in society where that's not the only thing people can do where it's like, oh, my only chance to do something for me and my family is to go, go to the NFL, go to the NBA. And it's, I think a show that kind of opens the door for those conversations. And I think it's really important, um, where kind of sports, you know, football is everything for these kids. Um, and it just is a really interesting show to, to, to look at from that perspective. Anything was, to add? Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to ask, um, what was, is this like show based in a, one place, multiple places? Like, So the first two seasons follow um, a community college in Mississippi, Eastern Mississippi Community College, and it follows a number of players on the team that are kind of looking to get big scholarships. And then the la- the seasons three and four then go to a school in, I think, Kansas called Independence Community College and focuses on that school. It primarily focuses on the players, but also the coach 
you know, and that's the coach is like crazy. So it's like definitely worth watching, but it's kind of the, the differences between the schools are definitely noticeable. Like it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to watch that. Um, Andrew, do you have any thoughts? Did you ever watch that? I never did, no. Okay. I know that it, people very much respect the show, and especially football fans, but I never have. Yeah. Um, and that's another show that, like, I've had connections with other people, you know, that I, you know, watched it while someone else did, or I watched it, it was like, oh, wow, like, this part of it's really amazing. So, um, you know, another show that I had some connections with people um, particularly a professor from my from my college, you know, that watched it and we talked about you know stuff from from the show. Um, two other shows that I know that I don't think either of you have watched are uh, The Wire, which is a show that I watched. Um, I think it was about a year ago. It's another show on HBO, um, and so it focuses on the city of Baltimore and mainly a kind of police department although i'm not exactly sure if that's the like correct thing i probably should go back and look but um following kind of groups of characters and then as each of the seasons as the seasons progress and they go into more seasons there are more characters that are kind of added to the overall story um but watching that show is really kind of amazing to me another kind of big show that like you have to kind of sit down and watch and digest where there's a lot of layers to it um, and there's a different focus every season, which was always very interesting. So focusing on different kind of parts of a city. So season one was focusing on kind of gangs in the city of Baltimore and then, you know, dock workers and then, you know, the education system, the media. Um, oh, shoot. Then the, so, so it's five seasons. And so it focuses on kind of each area of kind of the city, which is just really really interesting show to watch. I think especially coming from the community that I come from watching a show like that to show that, wow, like things are really different in certain areas of the country and how, how different it is to, you know, grow up or be in, you know, certain, certain communities and how, you know, that shapes who we are. Um, so I think that's a show that I, I think again, brings up really important, you know, conversations about, about society um, and I'd recommend that people definitely watch that show. There is, you know, a bit of violence, but I think it's a show that's really important. And I think especially in the times that we're living in now, I think even more that's a show to check out and kind of understand, understand where some people are coming from. That actually, that makes me think of um, just like the seeing where people come from and, and not knowing that that's like people's situation mm -hmm. um, reminds me of the show Queer Eye. Mm -hmm. uh, so like the new one, I mean, I watched the older one too, but the new one, I really like how it doesn't just focus on like the superficial things and it tries to kind of like tie in those deeper parts of people that they, you know, don't always want to share or like for whatever reason. Um, like they've the different places they've gone like texas georgia they're in um philly right now like for the season it's just it's really cool to see all these different people who are so completely different in one state but at the same time are all going through these things and you know co contributing in these ways like there's one episode where they work with a guy who was shot and he was in a wheelchair 
and they by the end of the episode he he met with the guy who shot him and he thanked him disabled that really great yeah. amazing episode and like the i never ever thought in a million trillion years that anyone would want to do something like that like that it would be freeing and you know opening to them and i just think that like that is another show that you learn about places you learn about people but then it, you have this completely different perspective on life that is just so beautiful to highlight. So I, I like how you had mentioned a show like that, Garrick, because I didn't even think about Queer Eye when I was going through, but that is a show where, I mean, I cry every single episode <laughs> because it's so good and so real and, like, really makes you think about yourself and, like, what you're doing and what you could change and what you're hiding from the world and why you're hiding it, right? Like... There's so many different layers. I, I also particularly like the episodes with um, people of the LGBT community in regards to religion, because that is something that I really, really struggled with growing up Irish Catholic. And there was actually an episode, the most recent one I watched in the new season, is a, a guy who's a priest who is actually also gay, um, and like his, how he's going about it, and just all these really interesting things that I just... I don't know. It it was nice to hear what he had to say. It, it's, I'm still a ways away on my journey through religion and sexuality, but I think that just, like, even little snippets like that where you can see people in that community, like, I never would have seen that otherwise because that's not something you see, you know? Like, that's something that people hide. So I do think that that is a really nice thing about shows like that with the layers and the, you know, kind of exposing truth about people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I, I like that. Um, so, all right, last thing that I'm going to, last show that I'm going to mention that I'd written down. So, you know, both of you guys know that I'm a huge, like, Batman nerd. And, like, I love a lot of things about Batman. And, you know, one of the things I'm passionate about. Um, so a show that I started watching when I was, I think I was a freshman in college, um, was Gotham. And so it's a show about kind of um you know young bruce wayne and you know becoming batman becoming kind of the person that he's going to be um always is a show that really is kind of special to me because i you know when i first had heard about the show i didn't really care for it i was like ah, oh, this probably isn't going to be that good but i watched it and it's like obviously it's it had its flaws you know it wasn't perfect um but it was a show that i really enjoyed for 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 five seasons um, and the biggest thing for me is it's a show that sure they, you know, looked at, I think other, you know, stories with Batman, but kind of made their own take on it. And I thought that that especially is always what fascinated me about the show is that there's so many different, you know, depictions of Batman, whether it's in, you know, graphic novels, movies, games, but they kind of made it their own and kind of made their own kind of story about it, which Again, you know, wasn't perfect at times, but it was something that I just really enjoyed. And, you know, it was a show that I really liked, you know, start to finish. And being a, a Batman person and a Batman fan, it was something that I was I was proud of, you know, by the time that they finished the show and have that last shot of him, you know, wearing a Batman, the Batman costume. And yeah, the costume kind of looks stupid if you go back and look at it. But I think just kind of the culmination of it 
was just really special and that show just to me was really was always really special i knew you were gonna say that show <laughs> oh yeah i was waiting for it <laughs> <laughs> so any any questions that we have for for each other question as much as I have a general thought yeah. which is like I like to I like to think about um when I was younger I struggled with this a lot was like as you get older the shows that you watch I always thought in my brain like had to change right mm -hmm. but like adult cartoons are getting like larger and more normalized and more popular <clears throat> so for me it's like okay no this is acceptable this is cool I'm not the only one who feels this way but then I wonder, like, as I continue to get older, like, will my taste change, you know, as the years continue to go on is, you know, like, I don't know, like, I have children, like, there'll be those shows. And then what do I want to watch at the end of the day? Do you know what I mean? Like, I like to, I don't know, I think about it an odd amount, to be completely honest. Like, I, the only other show that I didn't share that I guess I should because why the hell not is there's a Netflix show called How to Train Your Dragon. It's, like, the in-between of the second and third movie. It's, like, just, you know, like a filler. DreamWorks put it out. That is one of my favorite movies, and I have also watched that show through, like, four or five times. And it's just, like, I know it's a kid's show, and I know it's meant for whatever, but that movie means a ton to me. And the, you know, jokes and the things that they talk about throughout are, like, genuinely funny, and I enjoy watching it. But then I want, like, that's something I would want to share with, like, my future children, but then what am I going to want to watch after that? You know, like, will it be a different show? Will I still have the same interests, I guess? I don't know. It's a, it's weird how much I think about this, but I do, I guess, is what I'm... Hmm. I don't know. Just a thought. Just something I've, I've been bouncing around in my head. Yeah, I'm, gl I'm glad you said that. That's very, very interesting. Yeah, maybe not to overcomplicate this, but I feel like who I was at 21 is just dead. So I can't even imagine who I'm going to be at 45, what I think about. Mm -hmm. views, all these things, I just... To think about what I'll be watching at 45 just baffles me. Because the person I was at 21 isn't even sitting here today. So I wonder how that development will kind of shape itself. Well, hey, maybe you'll be able to get back to Rick and Morty, you know, if it's still available. <laughs> Jeez, think, think about that in 20 years. What is... All back to Shay. <laughs> Jeez. Think about 20 years from now, how much is going to change. Jeez, that's just bananas. Um, I think one question that I was going to ask, and, you know, probably we've answered this or kind of danced around it. Um, so obviously each of us, you know, three of us have had unique kind of relationships through TV shows, um, and we've been able to kind of connect through that. But why do you think that's something that connects people so strongly? Like, why do you think people are, you know, connect so easily to, to TV? because people can see them so I mean I know like we had said earlier like the shows that you watch when you make a connection right that really helps but like 
it's a deeper question, right? What about the show actually gets you to that connection? I really think is the is being able it's what you want to get out get out from it, right? Like mm-hmm. I watch cooking shows to get out like just I really enjoy doing that and why the heck not, right? But then if I'm gonna connect with someone about it, it's kind of celebrating the reason that I watch the show or why I enjoy it. And I think like each show I enjoy it for a different reason. And I think that's the beauty of TV is that there are so many genres and things and shows within genres that are networks even, you know, like are all totally different and you don't have to watch all of them, (laughs) right? Like that's, you get to pick and choose what you watch. And that's one of the few things in life I think we have true control over is what you want to watch on TV. If you have the chance, you know, like it's your time that you're choosing how to spend it. And I think it's cool that you can see parts of yourself in shows. I think it's cool that some shows make you laugh, you know? And I think just even having those own, your own personal feelings about a show is what helps make the connection so much easier. That's what I think. I think that's well, I think that's very well put. Andrew, do you have a a thought about that at all? I think, I think I really agree with what she's saying. I think that we have the freedom to choose kind of what we associate with and what we find funny and what amuses us or what challenge, you know, whatever um, thing you want to insert there. And it is just really nice that other humans feel that. And it's the, the like the connectivity to it is, is very beautiful. What do you think? What, what do I think about my own question? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely, most of, of, of what you guys said, but I think, you know, Andrew, I think even going back to the very beginning of this episode, when we're talking about, you know, small talk and things that people, you know, connect with, you know, I think it's just something along with like, you know, movies or music or just things that you can easily connect to other people with that it's, you know, kind of the shared interest that a lot of people have. Now, I do have a few friends that don't really watch, you know, TV shows. So, you know, that's kind of different, but I think with with most people you find that, you know, they watch shows and are willing to talk about their favorite show. You know, everyone has that one or those two or those three that like they can talk to you about for hours. They can be like, this is my favorite show. I love these characters. I love this story, you know, this and that. So um, I think it's just kind of such a, a natural kind of conversation thing that gets people to be be comfortable with, with each other. That's true. I like that too. The comfort level. That's, that is a nice, like another layer into it. All right. Well, that probably wraps up our, our TV conversation, but before we, before we go, um, one positive thing that, uh, we, each of us did or were involved in this week. So floor, floor is open for either of you guys. Mind the background noise, got a little construction going on to the left of my house. But um, twice, twice uh, in the last two days, I've done something that is really physically demanding on my body, but it's been remarkably easy on my mind. And so when I was going through these things with my body, my mind was as happy as could be and was like almost impervious to what was going on. And I think that my mind is finally ready to run the marathon. And I, I realize that, and I'm very excited about that. My body has a ways to go, 
but my mind is 100% of the way there. And I was laughing with joy when I realized that thought. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I have one, actually. Um, I went camping this weekend um, in Sutton, Mass. Um, two of my friends came down, um, Kate, it was me and Kate, um, and then our two friends from Syracuse, and it was super fun, um, and it's something that is very important to Kate, it's something she's been doing her whole life, um, and it's something that I have not done my whole life, and maybe wouldn't describe myself as someone who camps, but I love getting to go do it with her because it makes me feel kind of just like closer to her, closer to her family, um, closer to her dad. It was really important to him. Um, So that's just, it's like those little things that we got to do. It's just really nice and really special. Um, And so that would be probably my my big positive from the week was that like closeness that I got to feel for her and her family while camping. That's really nice. That's awesome, Brenna. That's great. So kind of, I think, closing, you know, and going off the, the closeness with people, I, um, in the last few days, been able to physically meet with a few of my friends, um, Andrew included. Um, it just was so nice to be able to kind of physically see people. And I know it's very easy for us to do these, you know, Google Meet, Zooms, FaceTimes, any of that, you know, be able to text, but it's just like to be able to have that human connection and that physical connection is something that, you know, I've kind of forgot about, I think, during these times that I need to be able to say to myself, hey, we need to try to see people, you know, and I've not necessarily done my best at that in the last few weeks. It's definitely been easy for me to just kind of go into my routine and just being at home and just doing the things that I'm doing here. But I think being able to see people was really, really huge for me. So I was able to see a friend of mine on Saturday, on Sunday, and then yesterday, um, so that was, that was, that was really special. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, so I think probably a, probably a good note to, to end on if any of you guys have, either, have any thoughts about literally anything. <laughs> I hope that if anyone listening found a breath of fresh life. Yes, Absolutely. Yes, I love that. So before we go, I just do want to note that uh, Brenna's finishing school tomorrow. So um, both me and Andrew are really proud of you. So glad that you're being able to finish that tomorrow. Thank you. I'm very excited. First year teaching at NHS down. I got, luckily, there was like a little bit of a hiccup with the whole COVID craziness, but I got a contract for next year. So hey. I love that. So it's all good. Everything's looking up, you know? Great. That's awesome. All right. Well, everyone, this was a a fun conversation, fun episode. Um, So, yeah, we'll be with you guys next week. And, yeah, everyone uh, smash that follow button on on Twitter or, you know, listen to it. Just, you know, yeah. Well, that's all we got for this week. All right, guys, we'll uh, talk to you next week.